You're listening to Live 360 with Tony Sutherland, and this is episode number two. Today, we're going to talk about emotional stability. Today's podcast is all about dealing with our emotions, developing solid emotional health. Um, And I believe that people probably need this teaching more than any one subject out there. And I'm not talking about this specific teaching, but, but this type of teaching. You know, in the last days that we live in, um, fear is just, it's horrible and insecurity and anxiety and worry and and it all starts with having a positive emotional mindset i'm not a psychologist a psychiatrist or behavioral therapist or mental health expert of any kind but I, i i am a minister of the gospel of jesus christ and i have spent the better part of my life encouraging people helping people sharing wisdom and just trying to help people get a better perspective. I've done this one-on-one, I've done this in group settings, and I've also done it from the lectern or the podium on the platform, speaking to people, encouraging people. And it's what I'm called to. I want to help people come up and have a better perspective of life, who they are, and the destiny that's on their life. And so today's title of this podcast is called Mental Health or mental hell. How about that? Mental health or mental hell. This is probably going to come in several parts, but today we're going to be talking about emotional intelligence. Learning how to have some emotional stability, smarts, and grounding and foundation in our life. So let me start off with a scripture that has helped me to process some of this. It's in Philippians 4 and 8. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Let's break this down a little bit. So it starts off by saying, finally. Wow. Can we just do that today? Can we just make this time that we're spending together the final decision about getting our emotions on track. You're you're driving in that car. You're sitting on that park bench. You're going on a long walk. Um, you might be just sitting on the edge of a dock somewhere, listening to this, looking out into nature. I don't know where you are. Maybe you're in a Starbucks somewhere and you're listening to this and you're just thinking to yourself, finally, if I can just get control of my emotions, my friend, you can. You really can. Some of you think, man, I just can't do it. I'm just, I'm just lost control. I am buried in negativity and anxiety and worry and fear and overthinking and just being an emotional wreck today. Finally, guys, I'm praying for you. I'm with you right there, man. If I could just put my hand on your shoulder and point you in, point at you and look you in the eye and say, this is your final struggle This is the end of the journey of emotional turmoil. We're starting a new journey today. We're going to get on the right track. We're going to start thinking the way that God wants us to think because Proverbs 23 and 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, 
so is he. You know, everything that you do in life starts with your thought life. And this is a this is non-gender specific here. This this could be for men and women. As a woman thinks in her heart, so is she. As a boy thinks in his heart, so is he. It starts at a very young age. And I know the struggle with emotional battles and what I call head trauma or head drama is what it really is. I know the battle and I've been there and I'm telling you, you can come into a whole new life of peace and joy. That's what this podcast is all about, is finding peace and joy to the fullest in every area of your life. And it starts here. The journey to well-being, physically, mentally, relationally, in every area of your life starts with your mind. It starts in that space between your right and left earlobes. And so today we're going to make this decision. Finally, brothers and sisters, finally, men and women, finally, boys and girls, finally, teenagers, we're going to get a grip on this and we're going to move in a whole new direction. And it tells us that whatever is true, what is true about you? Well, for starters, if you're a believer, you are a new creation in Jesus Christ. You have the security of a connection with Jesus forever. It will never go away. You are secure in him. You have been forgiven. You are accepted. You are beloved. You are brought into a full relationship. You are fully righteous, fully holy, and it will never change. That's true. So you got to think on those things. Whatever is noble, being honoring and and thinking honorable thoughts, whatever is right, making good decisions, whatever is pure, living in a, a state of mental purity and physical purity, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. So this is where we need to get our minds. We need to start getting our minds moving in the direction that God intended us and wants us to think. Now, I, again, I'm not, this is not a psychological podcast. This is grounded in the word of God, but I believe God wants us to be psychologically positive. Um, You know, I've witnessed firsthand and have close relationships uh, with believers and non-believers. And I've sometimes seen non-believers display a more consistent, healthier mindset and centeredness in their everyday lives. And Guys, I believe that as the children of God, we can live better. Not that we just should live better. I don't want to make this a demanding uh, tone. This is not a demanding tone. I'm telling you right now, you can live better than being in emotional turmoil all the time. You know, there's 3,000, over 3,000 promises in the Bible. And yet I see so many people still giving in to negativity when the good reports of God's word far outnumber and outweigh the bad reports. So we can live better and we have a right to live better. For those of you who are struggling emotionally and you're overcome with your thoughts and your feelings and anxieties and insecurities, this is for you today. And I need you to get a hold of it. It will change everything in your life. All right, so let's jump right in to talking about emotional intelligence. This is the first part that we need to address. And there are three keys to having good emotional intelligence. Now, 
There's a lot of information out there on this. This is kind of a condensed version of what I've researched and looked into. And again, we're basing this off of our key scripture in Philippians 4 and 8. To think on the things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So we need to get a hold of this idea of emotional intelligence. Now, this is a lot of this information is used to help build good communication skills within the workplace, in relationships, um, and in good teamwork. But I believe emotional intelligence is something that God is calling all of us to, especially his children, because the Bible tells us in the New Testament, we have the mind of Christ. We have a new way of seeing things from a victorious perspective. We are living post-resurrection where there is good news. The news is good, guys. The good news is that the bad news is over. And so we need to live from the place of emotional intelligence, good news, good report. And these three things that I want to share with you about emotional intelligence, I call keys. These are the keys, the, the top three keys of good emotional intelligence. And the reason why I call them keys, there's a purpose behind that because we need to take the keys back instead of giving the keys away to our imaginations. Um, and I would say our false imaginations. This is where the battlefield is within the, in the, in the realm of false or negative imaginations. And we, we often live as slaves to our misperceptions, our negativity. Um, we give in to what we think others think about us. We give in to what we believe others think about us. And we, we literally are enslaved by our emotions. So we need to take the keys back. And I believe these, these three keys are the main areas in which we can grab a hold of emotional stability, wellness, and good old-fashioned positive thinking. So number one, key number one is to stop internalizing everything you feel. Let me say that again. Key number one is to stop internalizing everything you feel. We need to stop manufacturing conflict. Stop carrying offenses and holding grudges. We need to stop feeling like everyone is against us. You, you know, folks, the problem is, is that sometimes we think we are the center of the universe. And so everything is about us. And that's really a form of pride. When we humble ourselves, it's a good thing because we realize that not everything is about us. When problems arise, when situations come up, it's not always about us. Now, let me just give you a, 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 a personal confession. I am, uh, I am a person that is sensitive. I'm a sensitive person. It's a gift that God gave me. I have to be sensitive. I have to be able to read into situations. I have to be able to kind of gauge my environment as a leader, I'm a leader, so I have to kind of be able to have the ability to read circumstances and feel the climate and the temperature of a room or a gathering. And that's a gift. But 
anybody who has that leadership gift that can read into situations can sometimes read a little bit far into situations. And over the years, I've had to learn to temper this, this gift that I have and not overthink things, not overperceive things. And so I know what I'm talking about when I'm trying to encourage you. There's a little joke in our family that we have that I say a lot of times to my wife and my kids when they're talking about situations, and I've kind of made a joke about it over the years, I'll say, message received, as if as if the situation or the conversation or the 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 moment is kind of talking about me or pointing something out in me. And so we have this little funny thing that we use in our in our house. I'll say message received. Well, you know, folks, sometimes we're receiving the wrong message. And I want to encourage you that the world doesn't revolve around you. So not everybody's thinking about you. Not everybody's plotting against you. Not everybody is creating uh, situations and circumstances that try to control you. You are not the center of the universe, so you need to stop manufacturing this fake conflict. So key number one is to stop internalizing everything you feel. When you start to feel an emotional sense or an urgency or uh, insecurity, you need to stop and say, you know what, just because I feel this way doesn't mean it's real, which leads us to key number two. Key number two is don't believe everything you think because Your thoughts and your emotions are not always certainties. Just because you think something doesn't mean it's real. It means it's the way you're perceiving it. And most often it's because you fall prey to a victim mentality. You are more than a conqueror. You are victorious. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So you need to stop believing everything you think. Just don't believe it. Refuse to fall prey to that victim mentality. It's called overthinking, and overthinking is classically creating situations that just don't exist. Why is it that people seem to imagine the worst all the time? We need to start believing the best case scenario. Not that just the best is yet to come, but our best days are right now. There's so many gifts And so many opportunities we miss throughout the day that God is trying to reveal himself, show us how good we've really got it. But we miss it because we're believing everything we think and it tends to be negative. Um, I like to think of it this way. This is the day the Lord has made and he made it for me. It's not just a day that God randomly kind of threw out there and man, I better navigate this day rightly because if I don't, you know, it's all going to go south. No, this is a special day that God has made for me. And there are surprises and moments that God is trying to reveal himself and reveal how good I've got it, but that I miss because I'm thinking the worst. Let's start believing the best case scenario for our lives because that's really what God wants us to do. It's not something that he's thinking, well, maybe they'll get it. No, God wants you to get that his best is for you. He is for you. And every day is a special day that God has made just for you. So key number two, don't believe everything you think. Key number three, lead yourself into positive emotions because no one else is going to do it for you. And we lead ourselves into positive emotions three different ways. We anticipate our emotions. So if you are a person that tends to go negative, you got to tell yourself, you know what? I'm not going to be negative here because it's a false imagination. It's 
I'm perceiving things wrongly. I'm letting my insecurities dictate the way things are. You cannot think through the lens of insecurity. You've got to know that you are secure, that you are loved, that you are accepted, that God validates you, and that he has adopted you, and he likes everything about you, good, bad, and ugly. He loves you, and he has his best intentions for you. So you have to anticipate your emotions. If you're a person that tends to go negative, you gotta, you got to know that ahead of time. Number two, you have to predetermine how you want to feel. Like, I don't want to feel this way. I want to feel that way. And so you need to start telling yourself how you want to feel. And then number three, you need to choose how you want to respond. So we lead ourselves into positive emotions, number one, by anticipating our emotions, number two, predetermining how we want to feel, and number three, choosing how we want to respond. You know, even if you are feeling negative or you're feeling depressed or you're feeling anxious or you're feeling insecure in certain situations, you don't have to respond that way. And oftentimes, you can respond your way into positive emotions. Um, I always live by a phrase. And when I remind myself of this, I do a whole lot better. And I know you will too. Bring the joy. Because it's unrealistic to expect it from other people. Some people just aren't joyful. Some people are Debbie Downers and negative Nancys. And uh, just, just live their lives always in some form of negative state. And if you are depending on others to make you feel positive, it's not going to happen. It's unrealistic. And you'll probably fall trapped to the, the gravity of negative of negative thinking and negative emotions. So you need to bring the joy. I'll tell myself often when I'm getting ready to go into a situation, Tony, just be fantastic. When people ask me how I'm doing, I've been trying to adopt this, this ongoing phrase. I'm fantastic. I'm, you know, people will look at me and go, wow, I want some of what you've got. Well, that's how we need to, we need to talk to ourselves in the way we want others to perceive us rather than giving in and being slave to the way we feel. So we need to bring the joy. When we go into a room, a thought should be, I'm going to look for the good in everything and everyone. And if I can't see the joy, I'm going to be the joy. I'm going to be the source of joy in this room if no one else will. I call it coming above sea level. You got to come above what you see and perceive because sometimes we don't see correctly. We could have had a bad day. We could have had a bad night. We could have just come out of a bad meeting. Uh, we could be struggling in a family crisis or financial issues. And so we've got to grab a hold of our emotions. And we're going to talk about some really great ways to do that in, in future podcasts. But we need to come above sea level. So three powerful keys to getting access and control of our emotional intelligence are number one, stop internalizing everything you feel. Key number two, don't believe everything you think. And key number three, lead yourself into positive emotions. Hey guys, I just want to take a small break here and remind you to subscribe to this podcast if you've been encouraged so far and also share it with a couple of people you know uh, and also leave us a review. You can give us as many stars as you like, but we want to know what you're thinking and this just helps bring more awareness to the platform so that we can share more great content with people. Um, we want to encourage people and help people discover how to have peace and joy in every area of their life. So let's jump back in. We've got about 11 minutes left and uh, some great thoughts to close us off. So let's get back into it.
All right, now that we've examined the three keys of accessing emotional intelligence, let's take a, a deeper look at our emotional checklist. I've developed an exercise over the years, and I want to encourage you to do this occasionally, is to sit down and write out a list of negative emotions that you tend to feel versus the positive emotion that you want to feel. Because remember, we lead ourselves into positive emotions. We anticipate our emotions, we predetermine how we want to feel, and we choose how we want to respond. Intention is so important in emotional health because thinking on things that God has purposed for us is intentional. We've got to direct our own mind and lead our own mind into thinking on the good report, whatsoever things are lovely, good report and all of that. So it's intentional. So the other day I was uh, waiting on my car to be serviced in the auto shop and I just sat down and started writing these things out because we need to do it occasionally, frequently if necessary, to help ourselves get a hold of good emotional well-being. So these are some things I wrote down. The list is lengthy and we'll kind of stop and pause in between some of these and talk about them and kind of add um, some content to it. So number one, I wrote down, I want to be optimistic versus pessimistic. This is what I want to be versus what I tend to be. And you need to do the same thing. Um, I want to be positive versus negative. These are some of the uh, more obvious ones. I want to be proactive versus reactive. I want to be happy versus depressed. I want to be joyful versus glum. Now, as I'm writing these, I'm not saying that these are the way I, this is the way I always feel. But again, being, being a minister of the gospel, I want to be on top of and lead by example. I want to be a person that is proactive about his emotions so that I can tell you how you can get control of your emotions. Um, Abraham Lincoln once said, most folks are as happy as they make up their minds to be. So we're talking about the president of the United States. How would you like to be the guy that is sleeping through the night and all of a sudden somebody wakes you up and says, problems, problems. You know, the greater leadership responsibility you have will probably mean that you'll need, to, you'll, you'll need the alarm clock less to wake up by because we, you just kind of wake up in the morning with those impending pressures on you. And so I'm talking about from the moment you wake up is that you want to be optimistic versus pessimistic, positive versus negative, proactive versus reactive, happy versus depressed, joyful versus glum. These are some other things I wrote down. And I just got extensive with the list. I, I want to be relaxed versus tense. I want to breathe more and sigh less. You know, breathing is a way that we get a hold of our anxiety. It's, it's a great exercise just to take a deep breath every now and then and breathe. But oftentimes we find ourselves sighing under our breath, you know, huffing and puffing. Man, you know, we just get frustrated, but I, I don't want to be that way. I know you don't either. We want to breathe more versus sigh less. I want to be alert versus aloof. I want to be present versus distant. I want to be attentive versus distracted. I want to be centered versus scattered. And, and not only uh, in just meetings and work-related situations and relational gatherings, but even more so in crisis situations. You know, there's, there's nothing better than a good old-fashioned crisis to reveal what you tend to navigate toward in your emotions. And so I want to learn to be centered in the moments where it doesn't 
really call for it. In other words, I want to learn how to be sensitive to my surroundings, the people around me. I want to be present. I want to be alert. I want to be grounded. And I don't want my emotions to control me in the moments that don't call for it as much as a crisis would. Because when crisis hits, I'll have trained my spirit. You'll have trained your spirit and your attitude and your emotions, how to respond in those moments. Uh, some other things I wrote down. I want to be excited versus nervous. Did you, did you know that nervous and excited are pretty much the same sensations? So I, I, I tell people under my leadership, I want you to stop saying I'm nervous and I want you to start saying I'm excited and ready. I want you to put a positive spin on the negative tendency that your emotions will gravitate toward. Um, some other things I wrote down, I want to be energetic versus drained. So we'll put a positive spin on it. Instead of saying, oh, I'm exhausted and I'm, I'm tired and I'm drained, we can say things like, I need to tap into some energy. All right? Because you realize that where you are right now, your physical and your mental and your emotional state are weakened. So rather than give into it, you need to be proactive. Again, up there at the top, we said we wanted to be proactive versus reactive. So we want to turn a positive spin when our negative emotions begin to express themselves. Sometimes what I like to do is be real with my emotions, but shut them down before they have a chance to take over in my life. Some other things I wrote down, I want to be intrigued versus opinionated. You know, the older you get, the more opinionated you get. And, and, and folks out there who are in their 40s and 50s, you're probably going to catch yourself becoming more opinionated and more judgmental of people around you because you think you've arrived. And I'm here to tell you that is a negative emotion, whether you recognize it or not. And you need to tell yourself, I want to be more intrigued than I do. than I want to be opinionated. I want to be humble versus proud. You know, you can tell when you're no longer humble is when you lose your curiosity and childlike faith and wonder. So God, keep me curious, keep me intrigued and keep me interested in things instead of being the know-it-all. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I want to be kind versus grumpy. I want to be apologetic versus offended. I want to be forgiving versus bitter. I want to be supportive versus opposed. I want to be cooperative versus stubborn. I want to be thankful versus ungrateful. You know, gratitude is the granddaddy of all positive emotions. You know, if you can get a thankful mindset in life, if you can see everything through the golden frame of gratitude, man, life changes its perspective real quick. Being grateful is, like I said, it's the granddaddy. It's superior to most all positive emotions. And if you can live from gratefulness seeing the good, believing the good, believing the positive, like our scripture says, thinking on that whatsoever is true, noble, admirable, praiseworthy, excellent. Some other things I wrote down, I want to be teachable versus resistant. I want to be enthused versus hesitant. I want to be engaging versus guarded. I want to be confident versus insecure. I want to be fearless versus fearful. You know, when we talked earlier about you know, learning how to develop and train your emotions so that when crisis comes, you'll be more prepared to face it. I just believe that faith is a refusal to panic. If you can get to that place, and we really can, because God is always on our side. And if God is for us, who can be against us? So the idea is, is that I don't have to give in to fear. Faith is a refusal to panic. Sometimes I'll tell myself, Tony, I just refuse to panic right now. Because God's got this under control. Even when I don't have it under control, my emotions can give in to the trust 
and the, and, and the God that I serve, I can start trusting in him and relying in him and taking him at his word. You know, it's, it's like, like whatever you decide to do, I say it like this, do it like a four-year-old in a Batman suit. How much more confident can you be than that? Sometimes I just literally have to stand up, take a few deep breaths and just say, I refuse to panic. I'm a child of God. God is on my side. My accusers, my enemies, the great enemy, all my fears, all my worries, they're just not going to get the best of me at all. And, and I want to tell you, this is more, listen to me, guys, this is more than just positive talk. It's repeating what God has already said about you and your situation. And when you repeat it out loud, your ears hear it. The atmosphere receives it. You're praying it upward. I call it upwards, saying upwards, speaking positive words about your situation, praying in the spirit and, and letting God speak through you as you pray. When you say what God says, you're literally saying his words and you're speaking life over your situation. You know, uh, there's a, studies and research by neuroscientists suggest that uh, positive emotions actually prompt new cell growth. They call that plasticity. Uh, whereas the negative emotions that we tend to give into can actually cause decay of our brain cells. Now, again, I'm not a neuroscientist. This is just studies and things that I've read about the effect of positive thinking that actually make your brain cells replenish themselves and grow. And, uh, you know, Alzheimer patients um, and, and patients that suffer from dementia, um, their brains are literally, their brain cells and their brain functionality is actually decreasing and decaying over time. So neuroscientists through that research is suggesting that in good, positive, responsive, choosing what I want to feel, determining what I want to feel, and determining how I'm going to respond can actually cause my brain to improve. That's powerful. So when you make this checklist out, what you are doing, what I am doing, is you are stating the obvious. I, I have some negative tendencies. But then what you're doing is, is you're giving yourself the prescription by writing the positive opposite of that negative emotion or that negative tendency. And you are prescribing to yourself how you want to feel and how you are going to feel. So I encourage you, uh, maybe you want to even just press pause on this podcast, stop and make a checklist before we go on and just write some of the negative things that you tend to gravitate toward and write some of the things you want to feel and how you are going to feel. That is one of the very first powerful steps you can take in turning your emotional world around for the good. Hey guys, that's all the time we have left for today. We're going to continue this in our next episode. There's some great thoughts that I want to add to what we've talked about today. And so let's get a hold of our mental health. God wants it. You need it and others need it in your life. The people that you relate to, your family, your friends, your coworkers, they need an emotionally stable person to help them and also help guide them to a greater source, which is Jesus. When we're mentally well, we can point others to Jesus in a, in a greater capacity. Hey, I've really enjoyed this today. Can't wait to share more thoughts with you in our next episode. And until then, we'll see you.